Welcome back, Everyday Business Leaders. I'm Melanie Ake, your host for today's show, coming to you from JP the Geek Studio right here in Greenwood, Indiana. We are thrilled to have you with us today. We're kicking off 2024, January 1st, and our guest today is someone special because she joined us in 2018, six years ago, to help me celebrate Everyday Leaders 50 and 50. So it's a business leader and a community leader, and I can't wait for you to meet her. Dr. Candace Key Ashby is here with us in the studio today. So let's find out what's going on with Candy. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. Well, thank you for having me back. Six years. I can't believe it. I can't believe it either. <laughs> I, it, that, I, I really have come to believe the older you get, the faster time goes. Isn't that the truth? It's like 2024. I, what just happened to 2023? I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so I remember in the 80s we were in high school. <laughs> Can yeah. we say that? But that's yeah. where we met and mm -hmm. we reconnected for many things. But in 2018, I was kicking off Everyday Leaders and... I said, you got to come on the show. And you said, I don't have anything to say. <laughs> do you remember that conversation? I do. Yeah. I do. And I was fairly new to, to trying to figure out my own voice and my own message and stuff. So I, I really was, I would say, a greenhorn at that point and wasn't really sure where to go with it. But I appreciate the opportunity because I believe that is the fifteen fifty leaders was the start of me standing in front of a crowd and actually speaking. And I just get so wow. uh, shocked today because it wasn't that long ago as I was finishing my doctorate. But when I was going through it, I literally had stage fright <laughs> of standing in front of people and speaking. And you were hilarious because, okay, if you guys were there and you remember the Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Summit we had mm -hmm. March 2nd, 2019. It was the first year kind of recap. And I said, would you please come and just... Do a 20-minute talk on what you believe about leadership. And you were amazing. You were amazing. <laughs> I believe I was definitely different than other people <laughs> that you had there because I was trying to contain the firefighter in me. <laughs> so I was trying to be more professional, mm -hmm. if you will. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I had a good time. But you know what? When you have something in your heart and it is your journey, that's the thing that people don't get sometimes. It's like you don't know maybe what to do next, mm -hmm. but you just take that fear and turn it into teaching, right? Teaching the audience something that's in your heart. And that's what you have done best. I've watched you just just blossom over these last six years. And, I, and I'm so blessed because I, I took this, you know, what I felt was one thing and it went into a totally different direction. And now I'm literally all across the country with this class. So I, I couldn't be any more grateful to the opportunities I've been given and the people that want to hear me speak. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're so credible. Here's the thing about leadership, right? You care about leadership and your elite. Uh, okay, tell me the website again. <laughs> it's Elite Public Safety elite Consulting. Pu elite Public Safety Consulting, because mm -hmm. you've spent most of your life at the fire department. That's correct. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so people that may not know you if they haven't listened to your first show with us in 2018, uh, talk to us about your history, why you're so passionate about fire safety, what got you involved specifically in the fire department? Well, I started out, you know, in the fire department when I was 16 years old as a cadet with Greenwood Fire Department. And now, I don't know 
30, 38 years ago. <laughs> and then when I turned 21, I went career. I knew that that is what I wanted to pursue because I was having, I had such a passion to be in service for others. And uh, I just had a blast with the other firefighters. And I was like, this is what I want to do with my life. And that, uh, that sent me into that trajectory to where I'm at now, which I just started my 34th year career. Um, at uh, and, and, of course, I'm at Indianapolis Fire Department uh, full-time. And then Elite Public Safety was started with a group of other firefighters uh, as a nonprofit so that we could go out and help spread the word of leadership and management training uh, with fire officers mm -hmm. so that we could try to leave the fire service better than we found it. And it has just absolutely exploded. But as you know, leadership is something that can cross any industry whatsoever. Uh, so I was able to put my experience together with my education and not only speak on leadership, but to involve organizational problem solving. So where I can walk into an organization that has low morale, low performance, uh, the, the typical excuses of lack of communication, uh, lack of accountability, lack of direction. And I take and talk to the boots on the ground, basically, and listen to what they have to say. And then I report back to the administration uh, so that I can connect the top and the bottom to push the entire organization forward. Mm. But to do that, then I've got to use the, the inspirational piece. But what's, uh, and as you know, what's, it's so fun to do leadership, but not to leave out the management part because the hardest part is, is how do you lead somebody that doesn't want to be led, mm. that does not want to be inspired? So, oh, okay, so challenge. what's the secret solution to that, well, right? That's when I take my hat and I turn it around and become the manager. Mm. So I think it's just a fine line that you have to understand the difference in management and leadership. It's great if 96% of the time you can be a leader and, and go inspire people that, that want to do, you know, leave the world better uh, than they found it. But it's when you come across those challenging people that don't want to be inspired. And so I have, I, I love to think outside the box. So there's things that I have done that I have pulled out from a thousand foot view, such as uh, team building. Like that's one of the classes that I have taught. And it's fun during the class to have team building exercises. So it breaks up the monotony of just sitting in a classroom. Mm -hmm. But I was able to use team building exercises as a management motivational tool. And I haven't felt found anything more motivational than that than to walk in with team building games and say, guess what we're going to do today? Mm -hmm. And I also do puzzles. Uh, I have done puzzles a couple of times of bringing <laughs> those out and had the crews put the puzzles together mm -hmm. so that they accomplish something together. Mm -hmm. um, so I like thinking outside the box. I don't like going down the traditional lane of um, when somebody doesn't do what they're told of, well, we're going to go down this disciplinary uh, no, it's discipline, but I'm going to make them better for it by the end. So I, instead of me writing somebody up, now I will if I have to, that I tell somebody that uh, doesn't do what they're supposed to, you write me an email by five o'clock on how that's never going to happen again. Mm -hmm. And then I, so I call it kind of the reverse write up. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that I love going and doing outside the box. Mm -hmm. and, and I found it to be very effective. Well, and that's so unique because when you come at it from a, I'll say, just an, an area of leadership of you have an assigned duty, right? You're either voted in or you, you're assigned to a different role. You get elected as the chief. And so you, you're kind of put in that position from the public. 
And so the leadership really has to say, what do we expect from you? And then how are you going to get trained? How are you going to get the resources to do the best job? Because just because somebody takes a position doesn't always mean that they're equipped, right? And so I think that's where you and I really have that same mindset is whatever industry it's in, you're so credible in this space. And to be able to say, look, I've done this myself. I know, (laughs) I know the, the obstacles that are going to happen. And so Nobody can really buffalo you. (laughs) (laughs) We've done it already. (laughs) So that doesn't happen. It's like, no, it really does. And um, so I want to ask you, like, what do you think one of the the most exciting things that you've learned in your career in the fire department? Um, That maybe, you know, at 16, you thought, I wonder if this is really the way it's going to be. What's excited you about your career? Well, I I believe the majority of my career out of the, we'll just talk about the 34 years that I've been full-time as a firefighter. I used to believe that I wanted to be a leader. Like it was a destination that I was going to arrive at. You know, I want to be this leader. I want to be this person that's loved by all, that that this person that everybody wants to come and work for. And then I would go out and I would take as much education and training that I could take. Thinking in my mind, that's it. One of these days, I'm going to arrive at that, whether I go through promotional processes and go up the ladder. And I think the epiphany for me came when I became a grandmother, believe it or not, uh, because I, I got to looking at my grandchildren, <clears throat> and I I spank them if they need spanked. Not that, you know, but I do use punishment. I don't do the timeouts if they need a, a just a correction, a bop on the diaper, as you know, and anybody that knows it does that. It, two to three times, that's it. That's all that's needed. It's not like you sit around and beat your children or anything. <laughs> but it was just that, that such subtle correction to say, no, no, you know, that's an unwanted behavior and I'm not going to tolerate that. Or if a kid goes to hit you or kick you or it's like, uh-huh. No, no, that's not going to happen. And then I got to taking that perspective to work. Mm. And I was like, you know, being around some of these people that I work with is truly like a babysitting job. And they are like your children. And even though you want to be fair and consistent with all, everybody has their own emotional uh, deposit, Mm -hmm. if you will, uh, that they do. But I think that it was like, you know, what happens, and this is kind of an analogy that I look at, when your child goes to, to school and the very first time they run into a bully and they come home and they're very upset and it breaks your heart, you know, and, and what do you do? You Do you say, you know what, I need you to go to the basement and live for the next 30 years and cry about it? No, we do not tell our children to do that. We say now you've got an example of what you're not supposed to act like. We do not want you to be this person. We want you to be better than them. Mm-hmm. But yet we don't go to work and tell our employees that. So if you talk about what I have learned in the fire service, I think it's it was kind of a growth phase that I went through after I completed my doctorate. When I was in there, I was like, you know, when I'm going to graduate, I, when I graduate, I'm going to come out with a, a leadership development plan and a succession plan because everybody wants those and a mentoring plan. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I went through the entire dissertation that I found out it wasn't the formal mentoring that mattered. It was the informal mentoring that meant mm-hmm. most. And that's what sent me onto a different trajectory and, and then taking that with being a grandparent. So 
I was one of those, just like the majority of the population. I don't like confrontation. I don't like telling people what they're doing wrong. Mm -hmm. I certainly don't want to hurt their feelings. But now that I feel that that's coming from a place of love, I can say anything to anybody. Mm -hmm. And it is so relieving to be able to do that. So I may go to somebody and say, what was that? What are you doing? I don't, you know, we don't allow that here. I set the expectations, but we can do so much with communications when you're not afraid to have those difficult conversations. Mm -hmm. And that has sent, that just made a world of difference in in my career. Now I get what my position is. Now I'm a battalion chief Mm -hmm. and I have seven stations and 60 firefighters under my command and, and 14 officers. And I work for those officers, and those officers work for their people, and their people serve the customer on the street, and I wholeheartedly believe that. Um, but it's it's what can we do to show up better today than we showed up yesterday, mm-hmm. and how do we do that? And that's the approach I take when I teach leadership is I try to take it back to the most simplistic form and then tell people we have got to stop the backstabbing. We've got to stop throwing each other out of the bus. That happens all too often. You know, we're worried about this and worried about what she's doing or he's doing or they're doing together. And start worrying about the differences that we can make every single day. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to improve our organizations and we're going to improve our own lives. Well, fire safety, it is not like the 8 to 5 job, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're on 48 off 24. And those schedules normal people don't understand what that's like (laughs) being able to have a rotating schedule like that maybe you're you know in a in a different level if you're in a clinical level in a hospital and doctors that are rotating but that kind of a schedule you are family when you're together you're more family than you are with your family (laughs) yes because you have to a depend on each other when that bell goes off you know you're at a moment's notice where you're saving lives Mm -hmm. so everything is changing in in your mindset and so if you have a situation if you have something that you are regretting if you're holding something back if you can't communicate with your team members that could cause some conflict right and so you've Mm -hmm. really got to kind of up level that game to know if you're really going to be a servant leader in the community mm-hmm. and a servant leader in in this this force um you've you've got to figure out how to be better with that i think that's the key candy right <laughs> yes <laughs> you like that yes um i have to ask you something so Today, I read the Daily Reader, the John Maxwell Daily Reader, and today is January 1st. So this is a quote that I circled because I thought, oh, I got to talk to Candy today. Um, So this says, this quote is, start doing what is necessary, then do what is possible. And suddenly you're doing the impossible. What does that quote mean to you? I believe that if you set your mind to it, you can, you know, if you achieve the impossible, then you absolutely will become the unstoppable. Mm-hmm. The, that kind of that quote, I feel it, it's so funny because there's a song out right now that's un, I think it's called Unstoppable or something like that. It's, <laughs> it's a pop song that's so uh, popular right now. Uh, but it is. We have to keep going and we have to um, just continue to push to achieve and to not stop. Uh, to, to make that difference in the world. 
So I, I th- we have to, you know, you have to pull up on your experiences and, and everything. Now, the one correction I'll make is we work 24 off 48. Oh, you said sorry. that re- <laughs> It's okay. You said that reverse, like I work 48 what? and only off 24. <laughs> but we do the 24, 48, and we are family. And you're right. We, we need that so bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in our organizations, that's what we are. That's all organization is, is, mm-hmm. is people. Mm-hmm. And yet... We, we can't get along with each other. Well, an organization is only as good as the people are. So it, it's like, you know, we got to watch who we're hiring. But most of all, we got to watch the, the supervisors and the managers. And they, they and I think everybody wants to learn. Mm-hmm. And, and they want to they just get when more. When you're inspired, right? You've got to find yeah. the right inspiration. Mm-hmm. And so w- talk to me about, you know, everybody has said in every industry, pre-COVID, post-COVID, what's changed in fire safety? Hi, this is Melanie Ake. When you visit EverydayLeaders.com, you'll find valuable resources to become a better leader in your life. Women's leadership programs, including Top Floor Women, our monthly networking events, corporate workshops, and strategic business coaching services. Discover classes and products to develop yourself, including our morning leadership devotionals. Don't forget, order one of my inspirational books, Sign up for classes or pick up some gear in the leader store. Listen to the Everyday Business Leaders podcast, apply to be a guest in our studio, or even sponsor your own commercial advertisement. Contact us today at everydayleaders.com. Well, <laughs> there's several things. I don't even know where to start on what's changed in the in the COVID world, you know, especially when you call, because it really takes that trajectory along the healthcare mm-hmm. uh, when we deal with, you know, patients and things like that and, and with ourselves. But mostly it's the training. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we got very comfortable, almost to the point of complacency of training behind a computer, and we're not so much going out. And, you know, you see more um, light or... Uh, I can't even think of the name right now. I've drawn a blank. Um, Zoom. Yeah. (laughs) Zoom trainings. Well, for me personally, I like to be in front of the audience. I want to feel that audience. I want to look them in the eye. I want to know that we connect. Uh, There's so many trainings that I do that that are behind a computer, but it's so easily to get distracted Mm -hmm. 5, 10, 15 minutes into it or 30 minutes into it. You don't even, you know, you're just not as present mm-hmm. to be there. So I, I think that's probably one of the biggest ones in the fire service. We do a poor job at training our supervisors and giving the management leadership training to be successful at how to deal with other people. And in this post-COVID world, we're still doing that training, the technical aspect of it, but we're not concentrating on what matters most, and that's how to deal with each other Mm -hmm. and how to make the most, how do we build these high performing teams? And that's what's, you know, what you and I have went down, what can we grab, you know, grab John Maxwell, grab anybody and everybody that you can and learn as Mm -hmm. much as you can and take as much education that you can, but that's only going to go so far. Then you have to have your experiences step into that. Right. And that's where the adversity I believe comes into it, which goes back to your quote, as far as (laughs) not being, excuse me, You know, to be unstoppable, there are going to be a lot of things in life that's going to come along and and knock you off. And it's do you have, you know, and I just want to tell people, you have two choices when things don't go your way. You can be bitter or you can be better. And there's so many people, at least in my industry, and I'm sure in every industry, that live in the past. Mm -hmm. This was wrong done. This was done to me last week, last month, last year. 
But it's like, what point do we let that go? Right. And say, you know what? Today's a new day. You can't fix the, you know, you Wait, can't do Wait, today is January 1st. Today is I a know, new day. Right? It is. It's, it's a, a new, new day. It's a new year. Yeah. It's a new month. Uh, you know, we all we could do is learn from the past and embrace the future and, and go forth and, and make, you know, make our future what it is. Mm-hmm. And that, for me, is to be better today than I showed up yesterday. So I absolutely have a fun I have a blast when I go to work. I don't want it to end. Uh, people ask me common today because in the fire service in the state of Indiana, 32 years maxes out your pension. And so at the 32-year mark, a lot of people sign up to retire. Mm-hmm. And so I get that question a lot. Like, when are you going to retire? Like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, you know, 33 years was just a warm-up. Mm-hmm. Now I actually get what I'm supposed to do, it is a blast. I don't want to leave. I want another 34, 33, 34 years in doing it. Matter of fact, I want to be the Betty White of the fire service. I want you guys to read about me as they're pulling me out by my ankles at 99 years old because I don't want to leave something that I love so dearly and I see that can make a difference because if you can make a difference with firefighters or healthcare workers or police officers or, or anybody, then you're going to make a difference with that public, with their families, the whole world. And we need more of that out here in society today. Well, we only see the fire department when we're at the worst, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So if somebody comes to our house in a fire truck or an ambulance, something tragic has happened. Mm-hmm. So we, we're not even thinking in our right minds when that, when that occurs. And so you guys have to train not only just, hey, you're coming into a a bank, right? So you work at a bank, not trying to compare that or belittle that. It's just, it is completely different. The The sensitivity that you have to be ready for to be able to be aware of how to handle any situation, mm-hmm. right? When you are engaged with somebody that is, has maybe lost everything in their life or lost a dear family member or struggling and you lose, you lose fire, fire people, firemen and firewomen mm-hmm. on, on site it is something that is so different than any other career. I think, you know, the police and fire go hand in hand because you guys have been really challenged with the things that are happening in kind of this crazy world that we live in, right. that things are just not like they were, right? Mm-hmm. They're not like they were. And so the risk that you take, the lives that you save, the community that you build, we thank you for that. Oh, well, you're welcome. And I thank you for, you know, everything that you're doing because it's an inspiration but it that's the ripple effect in the pond that there's enough of us from ever how many industries that there are that get together and we all say the same thing but when we come together we're stronger Mm -hmm. as one and because we're we're going forth and 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 creating those uh, waves that we need to because it's just like uh, people that uh, are, I think, the cancer of the organization, mm-hmm. which I believe are the 10 percenters. Uh, and when I get in front of an organization and I ask them, you know, how many people are at the top and how many people at the bottom, but how many are truly just unhappy? If you came in and gave them $100, they're not going to be happy because it's not 200 And the typical response I get is 10%. Mm-hmm. There's going to be 10% of people that just aren't happy for whatever reason. So what I try to do is activate the 90% right. to take the audience away from the 10% because they are the negative people. They're the ones that speak the loudest. But if the 90% can get up and walk away, could you imagine the difference that we can make in our organizations? Mm. Instead of spreading the gossip and the rumors and worrying about things that is completely out of our control anyway, 
And just, you know, the only thing we can control is our own attitude, actions, and behaviors. And we get more people that understand that and not worry about what Sally's doing or what Bob's doing or Fred's doing. It's like, just do what you can. And that's probably another learning curve that I've had is what is in my control and what is not. Mm -hmm. And if it's not in my control, even though I don't agree, I may not agree with it, but if it's out of my hands, there's nothing I can do besides voice my opinion and respectfully and know by the end of the day when I go to sleep, I did everything that I could. Mm-hmm. And then get up and start a new day and show up for everybody that's around you. And I think that's just as contagious as any cancer in an organization. And uh, and we need to do more training and more education and more talking and, and learning from each other and the experiences that we've been through. Because that's what ultimately makes us stronger. It is. Talk to me about what it's been like to be a woman leader in really what people would think is a male-dominated industry. As a leader, as a chief battalion officer, like what does that look like uh, statistically when you think about the women versus men that are holding the positions that you do and, and have ranked the way that you have? Well, it's definitely a male-dominated job. Uh, when I first started out, it wasn't as popular, obviously, because women were just infiltrating the fire service in the 80s. Um, and they weren't as accepted. Uh, today, I don't think you see as much of that. Not, And it's not by any means, you know, um, fair and equitable. You, we can say that as an employer. But there's still some people that hold on. I mean, and I'll just put it like this. You know, I speak at one of the largest conferences that there is in the fire service, and I will open a book, and and there may be 40 classroom sessions. Say 10 of those is on leadership. Mm -hmm. And then I will open the book and I will look, and here's 10 sessions, nine of them are by men, and one of them is by a woman. Well, you're automatically in a male-dominated job going to believe, well, what's the woman going to tell me? I'm going to go to a man's class because I'm going to be able to learn more from their experience. And so you, you still fight some battles like that. I, it's not as bad as it used to be. I think there's a lot of women that has plowed, you know, that paved the way, mm-hmm. if you will, that's made it better. For me, um, I think I had, you know, in the beginning of my career, the first half, it was a very, it was a, very much an uphill battle to the point that I almost quit, you know, a couple of times. Of course, I had to make it through my dad, yeah. uh, who was... <laughs> did not believe for me to be in the fire service. So when I got to the firefighters, I'm like, there's nothing you can do to scare me after I made it through my <laughs> my father to get here. But uh, now I don't feel that as much. Um, I I go to work, and I, and I think being able to talk the talk and walk the walk, it, people know. They want authenticity. They want genuineness. They want somebody that speaks from the heart that absolutely knows it's lived it, that has that credibility. And so I don't feel, you know, when I go out and I speak to organizations, even when I go speak to fire departments that don't have any women, I believe they forget I'm a woman within the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, I'll go down another road really quickly, uh, and, and, I'll, and I'll just leave it kind of a little bit out there. But one of the things that I say when I'm in front of a group is I only look gay. I'm not really gay. And everybody laughs. And, <clears throat> and I tell them that it was a very significant part of my fire service history. Because when I came into fire service, predominantly most of the women were uh, gay. Mm-hmm. And I was a straight woman. And that was actually a hindrance to me because then I got accused 
of sleeping with anybody in upper management in anything that I got, where the other women weren't accused of that because there was no women in the administration. Mm-hmm. So it made for a whole nother battle. There was a sub, you know, several years there that I felt that I was at a, a disadvantage because I was a straight woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now to look back at that, I don't think the women have to fight necessarily that fight anymore. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's like anything else. I, everything that I've been through has made me who I am and, and made me stronger, I, I believe. And I have to sit back and laugh. And that's why I joke. A lot of the jokes that I say, well, almost all the jokes that I say are about me <laughs> uh, and about things that I have learned and mistakes that I've made mm-hmm. of going through. But I also think it's, it's an advantage being a female now because of being a grandmother or being a mother. And I can literally, you know, it's, the dads are one way mm-hmm. where they're going to come in and they're going to, you know. But you have that nurturing them. component where you're right. like, I really understand, right? Yeah. You've kind of taken it to the whole other level. And that's really why I reached out to you way back when, because when you see things in other people and you see that they have this potential that they are just reaching for. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could see it a long time ago when we were in high school. And then here you are today, and we're in our 50s. <laughs> I know. And, and things have really just said, like, you validated everything that you've done. You've stayed true to who you are. You didn't let things get in your way. You didn't give up, right? When the going got tough, you got going. And you said, this is what I want to do. And right. so you've, you, you, know, you have your doctorate. And you profess leadership and you practice it and you're not giving up. And I think you're such an inspiration for women today that are kind of going through systems and say, oh, that's too tough. Somebody treated me bad. Somebody backtalked me. Somebody was a bully to me. It's like, you know, things can get a lot worse. They have been a lot harder for women in the last 20 years. And yet you just need to keep going. Like sometimes it's about our own self-reflection and we haven't yet developed to where we can believe that it's worth it, right? Mm-hmm. You had that belief a long time ago. And that's what I think has driven you to the point of, I see this and I'm just going to keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and, and now it's, I have fun with it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like, when I, like I said, when I go in and, and I don't have a problem, you know, giving somebody a smack. Not literally, but just, hey, knock that off versus writing them up. Right. I don't really run to that. But the male uh, counterparts do mm-hmm. because that's the only way that they know. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying if we would just use communication and just tell people, knock it off, that would solve so much. And, and people say, just tell me what I'm doing wrong and, and give me a chance to correct it. Mm-hmm. But so often we're afraid of you know, that conflict. We're afraid of we don't have the confidence to speak up and speak out to people. And it's like, how do we gain that confidence? Well, a lot of that comes through the experiences that we've been given in life. And I do, and the fire department has hardened me to that, to that part of it. But I'm absolutely, it, it just, I can't even, I pinch myself every day. I can't believe I'm doing what I do. Uh, and we are in our 50s now, you know, we're getting older <laughs> oh and I'm still doing it. But it's like, I, I just can't imagine doing anything else. Okay. I have a game that I started playing uh, with the last guest. So, okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So I went to, uh, on vacation, we went to Williamsburg. We went to this little restaurant called Food for Thought, mm-hmm. and it had all these quotes from great leaders in the world. So okay. I thought it would be fun now to have you draw a card, and then let's read the quote, and then just answer what your thoughts are about uh, what this great leader has said. Okay. All right. So pick a card. Oh, if I can get one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what's a good attitude? What's a bad attitude? 
who or what determines your attitude. So it doesn't say who that quote is by, uh, but let's talk about attitude. Um, And and of course, I I can't talk as eloquently as John Maxwell, (laughs) but this is something that this is one, you know, I think this is a good framework for how I teach leadership. I don't teach it based on a definition. I, I actually ask the crowd, you know, think of the best person. If I say these are really good people, this is a good dude or this is a good woman, they tend to exhibit the same traits. What are they? And then I ask the crowd, and it's, you know, integrity, hardworking, positive attitude, uh, selfless, uh, you know. Uh, so it, we'll, we'll put up. 20 traits and then I turn around and say what you know would you do anything in the world for these people and a hundred percent of the people say yes and I tell them or I ask when you're in the presence of these people does it make you want to be better and a hundred percent of the people say yes Mm -hmm. and I tell them I'm not going to give you a definition of leader but I'm going to show you what a leader looks like and it's about being the very best person you can be every single day then I flip the chart just like the cards doing on the good attitude versus bad attitude I flip that and I say let's talk about the jerk work you know workplace jerk what do those traits look like and it you know they're negative they're complaining they create drama they're in denial Mm -hmm. it's just a cancer when they're not dealt with it is truly the opposite of what a good person is and when i when i think a good attitude a bad attitude this is what i think every day there's a line and if you're above that line, you take ownership and responsibility. If you're below that line, you're in denial and you create drama. But every one of us go above and below the line. And it's up to each one of us to understand that when we get below that line, it is our duty to push ourselves back above mm. that line. Mm. So when I think of the attitude, what's good, what's bad, what determines your attitude, I, I believe what determines your attitude is your willpower and your persistence and understanding that we're going to be on both sides of that. You know, some days we're going to be good. Some days we're not going to be so good. Mm-hmm. But it's do we have the accountability to catch ourselves and push ourselves back above that line and then reach out and help somebody else get above that line, understanding that you're ultimately not going to change an individual, but you can certainly help them by pointing it out and hope that they could help. You know, that, that's what we need to do is we need to lift each other up and not pull each other down. Mm-hmm. But it's just like a game of life. It's a C that all of us go on. And it's free, right? It is. It is. So it's probably a long version of the answer to that. But I believe in the good attitude and bad attitude. I just look at that as a good person and a person that for whatever reason, and I do believe, at least I can say this in the fire service, that there are, you know, today there are people that have real mental issues. And that is a whole subset. And I'm not in the mental awareness, you know, into that field. And there may be a reason, uh, stress, uh, induced uh, divorce, something that the reason that they have a bad attitude, but I believe the majority are nothing more than spoiled, rotten little brats that have gotten their way because they didn't have a supervisor come along Mm -hmm. and put their foot square up their rear end Mm -hmm. and say, not today. Mm -hmm. Are you going to act like this under my command? 
I'm too old for the drama. I'm too old. You know, just be right. It's like, you know, and I brought up, you know, about the gay and and the straight. It doesn't matter if you're gay, you're straight, you're trans, you're black, you're white, you're man or a woman. We have got to start treating each other with respect. Mm -hmm. And when you truly understand what it takes to be a leader, which is being the best person you can be every single day, Mm -hmm. then you start to get that where you accept everybody. And that's just like being a good person, you know, and that, and just, uh, you know, just be better. Be better. Right. You're a great example for us, Candy. <laughs> I'm so glad that you came today. This has just been the highlight of kicking off the year. I was so excited. Candy Key's coming in <laughs> on January the 1st. So um, thank you just well, thank so you. much for being here. And do you have any last, like, Go do this in 2024. What's your, what, do you have a word for the year? I don't know that I have a word. I haven't thought that far. <laughs> Today's <laughs> just January 1st. Um, but it's, if if I had to do anything, it's just, it's just what I've said already. It's mm-hmm. just be better today than you showed up yesterday. And what can we do to be better? And we have to go out, we have to learn, and we have to keep that open mind. I, I just It just breaks my heart to run into people that have been doing things for 20 or 30 years, and they don't think they have to learn anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's like, the longer you go, the more you should you should pick up and learn. Mm-hmm. And so I think if, if, I, if I had to think of something off the cuff, it's, Learn something new every single day. Mm. And you're never going to know it all. You're never going to see it all. You're never going to do it all. But just do the best with what you have. And if you do make a mistake, own it, correct it, and move on. And, you know, be the best version of you. Be a curious learner, right? Yes, absolutely. I love it. I hope you've enjoyed today's show with Dr. Candy Key Ashby. It has been a joy. Go back and take notes because I know you're really going to learn something to take with you all throughout 2024. So thanks for tuning in to Everyday Business Leaders. I hope you are inspired to think and grow differently about your business and your community. Remember, the journey of growth never ends, and it's our mission to keep bringing you the best insights from our local community. Stay tuned for more episodes filled with wisdom, innovation, and inspiration. This is Melanie Ake signing off from JP the Geek Studio, where better IT service is just a call away. They say own it, secure it, and protect it. Until next time, don't forget, subscribe to our channel and turn those notifications on so you'll never miss an episode. And you can go back and listen to 2018, where Candy joined us for the very first time. (laughs) Remember, Everyday Leaders helps you to develop strategies to become a better leader in your life. And remember, it's not what you do in a day. It's what you do every day that makes the most impact. Thanks for joining. Have a great year.